Colossians chapter number three. I want to read the whole um, chapter real quick and um, really cool verse. Um, chapter three. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are of earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, that which is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeking that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Sith, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then them as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Pretty cool verses here in Colossians. Um, I like Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Those are my favorite verses in the Bible. Um, I read through them a lot in my daily life. Um, Paul wrote these verses, as you guys know. And Paul was in prison. Paul was in prison at this time when he wrote these verses. And he's in prison because he stuck his finger at the rulers, the leaders, the, the church leaders, and said, uh-uh, it's not what God says. That's not what's right. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be following God. So here's Paul back in prison, okay, or in prison. And what I think is pretty neat is um, the end of Colossians chapter 4, that whole ver chapter right there talks about um, that Paul is giving thanks to his friends, the other leaders that are helping him to do the ministry of where he's at. Because 
here's Paul in prison, and I'm sure this prison's not nice. They don't have nice beds and a television and pretty good food, right? This was a pretty rough place. And Paul's in there saying, no, I have the freedom of speech here. I'm going to start writing letters to these other churches. That's, that shows the power of God right there. And Paul, being inspired from God, starts to write these letters to the different churches. And he's given thanks to these other men and these helpers that are delivering these letters and encouraging these other churches. But I want to read um, chapter 4, verse number 15. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in their house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you have also read this letter from Laodicea, and say to Apollos, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. So he's encouraging Apollos, but he's also saying, take this letter from Colossians and take it to the church of Laodicea and read it to them, and the letter from Laodicea and move it back to Colossians and read it there. That it's made for church members. It's made for those different churches to excite them, to get, to get them all excited about God. And when I read through this, I don't see anything from Paul that is saying, woe is me, I'm in prison. How, how rough is my life? I've been beat. All of it is praising and thanking God. And his concern was about the churches and not about himself. I think that's pretty cool. Um, title of the message this morning is The Family of God. I want to focus on us here today. No one that's outside this building. Us, right here. Of what we're supposed to be doing as a church family. As the body of Christ here. We have many, many different peoples, attitudes. We all come from different areas of life. And I want to focus on that a little bit today. So, um, Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. Then if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. First of all, these verses right here is written to the Christians. This was written to the church. This was written to the ones that believe in Christ, the beloved of God, the ones that have been redeemed, the ones that have been written, their name is written in the book of life. That's who this is written for. If you're a Christian and you believe in Christ, that's who this was written for. If you don't believe in Christ, you don't have that relationship, you're reading someone else's mail. And it's not going to make sense to you. Only the parts and pieces that are talking about salvation and the love of God to draw on you close. Because until you've taken that first step, God's word is alive and it's living and it talks and speaks to our hearts. That's what this is all about. 
Verse number two says, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. The things that are above, our goals, our priorities, our attitudes, our time. Um, the King James Version says, our affections. What's important to you? Okay, men, I'm going to talk to you guys very specifically, okay? Men, you need to set your minds. Set your goals, your priorities in your families, your households. You will be held responsible for what you do in your lives. Men, in your households and what goes on in your house, your family is going to follow you. If you say this is what's going to go, most of the time your family is going to go right on. And men, what is your affection, what you like to do? your family will like to do. If, if your family sees you 15 minutes to work early, Monday through Friday, and sees you 15 minutes late to church, what is your family going to think of your priorities, your attitudes, your affections? Our church should be important to us. As, as a family, our church should be number one throughout the week. We can't wait to be at church on Sunday morning. Our attitudes in our lives should be focused on God. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 talks about being imitators of God. Well, through the week, we should be reading the word of God we should be praying. We should be knowing what God is like so we can imitate him, right? And then on Sunday mornings, when we get here, us and our families need to be excited about court, corporate worship, getting to see our friends, our families here, and get to sing out and praise, to listen to Pastor Kent, which does a wonderful job of bringing forth the scripture to us, that should be exciting, a great day for us. Set your minds. Let's read on. On the things that are heavenly, not on the things that are earth. For you, verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. A lot of Christians have forgotten that we're dead. We're dead to the world. Okay, 60s, 70s, there's this bell-bottom thing, right? Okay, it's dead, right? Do you see people walking around in bell-bottoms? It's over, it's done, right? We as Christians, we are new in God. Our past lives are done. We should be living a different life. We are dead. What are we dead to? Now I'm going to get my head ahead of myself. Verse 3. For you have died and your life is hidden in Christ in God. So in other words, if you have Christ living within us, you should act like it. I, I get worried when I see Christians, so-called Christians, 
that you can't tell their lives from the rest of the world. Scripture very clearly says that you will have fruits in your life. You will have that love, peace, patience. Frank did great in Sunday school. You preached my message pretty good, okay? You, all I'm doing is repeating things you said all the way through. I kept saying, stop it. Stop it. I'm not going to have nothing to say. And then I thought, you know, it's amazing how God works. That, that I didn't know what he was teaching. It, anyway, God works in great ways. Verse number five. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetous, which is idolatry. On these, on, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Verse before that appears with him in, in glory. It's amazing how great God is. It's amazing how his power, his abilities that God has. I look at the stars, the moon, the sun, and I watch, and you see how everything is in a perfect orbit. And you learn about science, and, and you learn that if the earth was just a little bit closer to the sun, we'd roast. If it's just a little bit further away from the sun, we'd freeze to death. But God has made it so we're just the perfect temperature all the time, that he's in control. We went to drive um, to Colorado Springs. We went over Wolf Creek. And I saw how beautiful the mountains and the, the trees and just the power of God. The colors were starting to change, and, and it's just beautiful. But on the backside of um, Wolf Creek Pass, all those big, beautiful pine trees, they're all dying there got this bug in them and just miles and miles of these big pine trees are just dying and it reminded my aunt she, she lives in between Cortez and Dolores halfway at the hill her property's got a whole bunch of those little pine trees the pinion pines and those beetles have got in there and they're just eating them up and she was getting with the neighbors, and they were complaining, and what can we do, and how, how we're going to have to hire someone to come up here and cut all these dead trees out. And then they started talking about the neighbor just down the street. And all of his trees are just beautiful. They're just green and, and not sickly at all. And what are you doing? Knocked on his house. Okay, we've got to talk about trees here. What is going on? And the neighbor says, well, it's pretty simple. You know, I... I take some bug spray and put it in the bug sprayer, and I go out there and I spray my trees. It kills the bugs. Christians, we need to kill the bugs in our lives. We need to be very, very cautious. And when it talks about all these different sins, these are bugs. Men, back to the men again, okay? We've got to be really careful about what we see, what we think, as leaders in our house, what we allow into our homes, we're the ones that need to stand firm and say, no, we can't do that. We got to be right with God, and your families will follow you. 
If, I notice, if you notice, I stopped on 18, that it talks about wives submitting to your husbands. I'll tell you, if men are doing what they're supposed to be doing, women will submit. Bottom line, because that's the way God made us. That's, that's the cool little thing of how we were created. Corinthians. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians. Okay, now I'm going to stop preaching for just a second and start meddling, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 14. This is a verse that you, um, we teach our kids constantly when they're young, that um, when they're starting to date, that... Um, there to verse number 14 says do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers well we teach our kids all that all the time about marriage well i don't see anything about marriage there it's a great great thing to teach kids but when we get ready to send our kids off to college what we teach our kids is go find a christian friend that is going to be your friend that will help you to grow and be good in college, right? Do we not do that? We all wish that for our kids. But when we become adults, then we need to be really careful the same way. We need to check out our friends. Make sure that our friends aren't being that little bug that is hurting us. Let's read the rest of that right there. Verse number 14, do not be unequally yoked with unbeliever, for the, part, for the partnership has righteousness. What? Okay, let's start over here. Okay. For the partnership has rightness, rightness, and lawness. Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Baal? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Verses after that are talking about that Christ lives within us. That we are new creatures. Well, I want to ask you about who's your friends. You know, our church family right here, Look around you, these people. This should be your friends. This should be the ones that you spend time with, that you draw close to all the time. And you need to be very careful of people that aren't in the church because they don't have a common interest with us. Okay? Their common interest may be fishing for a while, right? But when you start talking about Christ, uh, wait a minute. We may not always sync with that. Andy and I talk about fishing a lot. I really think your photos are photoshopped. I just really want to say that, okay? We have that common interest, but we also have that common interest of Christ. And that's what we could draw to. When times are rough, times are hard, when we're sad, when different things come out of our lives. Back to Colossians. 
verse number seven. In these two, you once walked. This is a reminder. It basically repeats a little bit of what, what's already there. In these, you two once walked. There were, there you were living in them, but now you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, the obscene talk from your mouth. These things right here are the bugs in our lives right there. When you hang around with friends that um, talk bad, men, don't we talk bad? In the work site, when you're hanging around with someone that's always saying bad words, when you hit your finger and it hurts, what's the first thought? What you've been hearing from them, the movies we've been watching. But when we're hanging around with the church family, my wife started dating. When she gets hurt, she'd say, oh, peanuts. Pretty safe, okay? Yeah. We have to watch our attitudes and where we're at with that. Verse number 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones told Frank I was going to talk about him a little bit, okay? Sunday mornings when um, we'd be done practicing um, worship, when I pray, I always pray that God will use us as a tool. Um, and snap-on guy, if you guys don't know, okay? He sells tools. I love his truck. I bet you he pretty often says, would you get out of here, man? You're not buying anything. You're just drooling, Okay off the truck. When we look at the church, it's like a big toolbox. Okay? Each one of these rows of pews is a drawer. And each one of you guys are a tool. And God wants to use each one of you guys as a tool. Now, with me in my toolbox, I have a favorite drawer I have some favorite tools that I use all the time. My 10 millimeter, my 7 millimeter, my ratchet. Those are just my necessities of life. I use them all of the time. But then there's other tools in my toolbox that I use every once in a while that, you know, sometimes aren't quite as much fun to work with. You know, they're a little bit harder to work with. They complain a little bit. They, they nag at you while you're trying to use them, right? I want to ask you, what kind of tool are you? You used to work on VCRs a lot, okay? I don't see that much anymore, but they never made this tool to make this certain adjustment in a VCR. And, and I needed this tool constantly, so I built one. I, t I went and bought a really cheap flathead screwdriver, and then I started working on that tool, and I bent that tool, and I tweaked that tool, and I ground that tool, and I ground some more. And then it still didn't work, so I chopped it off and started over and bent and worked and wiggled until I finally got that tool to where it would be perfect to reach into that VCR and do that, first, that adjustment just like I needed it. That cheap junk screwdriver after being worked over, 
ground, bent, then become valuable to me, and I needed it. That's what God does with us. God will bend, grind a little, until you get to the point that you're usable by God. Friends and family right here, you need to encourage each other. When you see someone else going through a rough time, you need to encourage them that, well, maybe God is grinding on you a little bit. God's been in you a little bit. Maybe God has a purpose that you don't know yet of what's going to go on. Encourage each other. Talk to each other with that. Let's read on. In verse number 12. Put on then and God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, the tool of compassion, the tool of kindness, Humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint, suck it up and get over it and forgive each other. I'm sure that's in there in the small print, okay? Forgive one another as, and that as should be really big letters there, as the Lord has forgiven you you how many times do we mess up really often and yet God forgives us we need to forgive each other so you must also forgive above all these things put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony we as a church need to be in perfect harmony. That unity in our church needs to be great and mighty. And when we have that, when we have that love between each other here, and we want to teach and show each other and have that fellowship, then the world out there is going to see you and say, wow, I want to be loved like that. I want someone to care for me like you do but until we do here and we care each about each other and we love and we forgive each other and we act like Christ in that the world's not going to want what we got because they're not going to see something great in our lives I want to end nope not quite yet. Why do we do these things? Verse number 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, if, if maybe there's someone in this building right here, sitting on the other side of the church, that maybe... You guys have just kind of got off to the wrong start. You guys, eh, you know, this is a family, and we love each other. Go to that person. Visit with that person. Talk to them. Fix the relationships. Ask for forgiveness and work it out. I want to end with verses 
um, 15 and 16. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. This church needs to be thankful. We are blessed in so many different ways. It's just amazing. We had a work day a while back and put a roof on the house of a gentleman that's been in this church way before I was here, and I was just amazed at all the men that showed up, ladies showed up, get up on top of that roof at work, and it was just amazing. We would just, it was a great day of fellowship for a great man in this church. We love each other. We take care of each other. Verse number 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's what I want to be said about me, that I had the word of Christ dwell in me richly, teaching, admonishing one another in all wisdom, seek, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. When we come to church on Sundays, we need to be very careful and cautious of what we want to talk about. Because we love to talk about hunting and fishing and four-wheeling and cross-stitching or something. I don't know. I got the man things down. Okay, we got that, all right? We love to talk about those things, but they're not number one in our life. When's the last time you come to church and say, Ralph, how was work this week? How did God bless you? You had a great safe week. What did you learn about the Bible? Did you come up with a really cool verse? My cool verse was in Colossians. I never had seen that, that, the, that, the, that they were to share the Bible with the Laodiceans and Colossians. We read in, in Revelations about the Laodiceans that God spewed them out of their mouth. They made them sick because they were lukewarm, right? Well, it's because they didn't listen to the letter that they got from Paul. Well, then I started looking, where's the book of Laodiceans? My first thought was because the Lana kids aren't going to be able to say it when they have to read the books of the Bible, okay? Uh, just, uh, anyway, can't say that word, but it's not there. And but with Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, they're really, really similar in with what they say. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I looked it up. I studied real hard. Where to find the book of Laodiceans? I don't know. So I guess it's not that important, is it? We have the rest of it. God chose not to put it in the book. I thought that was pretty neat. Who else this morning walked into this church and said, um, what'd you learn in scripture today? Do we challenge each other? Do we, do we excite each other about other things that we have this common interest in? What's our common interest? It's Christ. And why? Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God our Father. 
That needs to be our attitude. And the reason we do this is because we love God, and God loves us. How can I love different people in this church? It's because God loves me, and I show that love. How can I forgive? It's because God forgave me, I can forgive others. We need to encourage each other, lift each other up. Okay? Choir starts tonight at 4.30. It's a great time to fellowship. Great time to fellowship, okay? Great fun to get to sing. And, and everybody can sing, right? Okay, I'm not getting any response here, I guess. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, everybody can sing. It's a great time of fellowship and fun. There's different Bible studies that we do. We need to make time for each other. Spend time visiting. Invite people over to our homes. Make this your family in our lives. Let's pray. God, you are so great. I thank you, Lord, for um, this day, God, that you've given us. Lord, I pray, Lord, for these, this scripture, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just um, make this a part of my life, God, that I will be better at um, serving you, worshiping you, being thankful to you. God, that I would be better at being part of this family and to love each other more. God, I pray that you'd help us to forgive each other, help us to love each other, to encourage each other. God, that your glory would be seen from this church. God, I pray, Lord, that you just use us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, and I love you. It's in Christ's name I pray.